Howdy do, kids. Welcome to NXT 8 Years Back. This is NXT for February the 24th, 2016. Last February 2016 show. Meaning I'm very, very close to moving to Minnesota 8 years back. Uh, I've been saying that, and I'm going to say it until that I'm I'm sure that I am back in Minnesota. But when the time comes, I'm probably not going to remember that it was the time. But, uh, but I am going to try. I was probably driving when one of these shows happened. I guess we will find out. Let me tell you, Tom, why I'm in a terrible mood. So every two weeks, I get a weekend. It is on a Wednesday, Thursday. This is it. Uh, as I record this, this is Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. Hope springs eternal, Tom, because it's the beginning of my weekend. I decided I was going to brew beer for the first time in three years. Of course, on my kits, the uh, the yeast has turned, so I have to go get that. Uh, the place I got it went away, and now the closest place is 40 minutes away. So I went there, got yeast, literally a 40-minute 40, 40 drive for a $10 product. Drove home. Uh, brewing is a long process, about four hours. I get to the end of it. All I got to do is pour the beer into the primary fermenter and uh, and pitch the yeast. That's it. I'm done. The job's done. Um, and something happened with my stock pot. The water splashed to one end and then the other and spilled into the sink where I was making my ice bath. Uh, would have saved half of it, but a bunch of the contaminated water got into it. So yesterday, everything from that drive on was worthless. Um, I was like, I haven't cried over anything but happiness, like with my daughters, for years. But I got close. And then, then I just had a beer, and I tried to calm down at night. This morning, hope springs eternal. It's a new day. I stretch, and the first thing I do when I wake up is knock over the beer that I drank last night. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That was the first thing I did. And of course, and at this point, what can you do but laugh? So I clean it up. You can, you can comb your giant bushy beard that you definitely have now, because I know if there's one thing I know about beer brewing, it's that if you do it, you have a giant bushy beard. I think I'd have a giant bushy beard. Could that I grow one? Um, I cannot. I've got uh, I've got a little goatee that um, it, it's the best I can manage, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I've got what I can do. Uh, so I went upstairs, had my coffee, cooled down, came downstairs uh, with that half beer um, because I had plugged it, and I'll have it later. And I set my stuff down. Joking, yeah, I got to bring this down so I can spill it again. I move my laptop and immediately knock over a glass of water that was behind the laptop that I did not know was there. I don't know when this is ever going to end, Tom. <laughs> it's a bit now. It is. Like, I, I should do it on purpose since I know it's coming. Um, <laughs> that half beer and a quarter of coffee is sitting in front of me. So the only question is which one goes first. Um, well, which cat is nearby? Uh, there's only one who would knock them over. And she would only she only knocks over drinks if she wants them. If she smells coffee or beer, she won't knock them over. Unless it's accidental, which I don't think she's done. She'll knock over water because she wants it. She's like, oh, water. That's uh, somehow different from my water, so I'm going to knock it over and drink it. Um, she's a dummy, Tom. <sighs> I love her. I love her so much. She's very <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Let's talk NXT. CFE Arena at the University of Central Florida in Orlando. Have you been to this venue, Tom? No, I cannot stand driving around the UCF campus. I've, I've been outside of it before. I cannot remember why. But uh, it, it UCF is a nightmare to navigate, uh, so no thanks. All right. Um, I'm going to assume you were there cruising for freshmen. Uh, oh, yes, though. Yes, that must have been it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the only reason to go anywhere, I think. Um, I should have a better impromptu follow-up than just like, <laughs> oh, yep, you got it. Yeah. Just <laughs> a few it. people out there like, huh. That was, I think he doth agree too soon. Um Tom Phillips and Corey Graves on the call. Uh, American Able, uh, Alpha versus 
Blake and Murphy is your opener. This kind of sprung out of a of an eight man last week that the baby faces won. The baby faces get to win this again because they are the important team here. This is at the end of a taping, I think. At least it's well into the taping. Uh, so all that amazing heat Blake and Murphy were getting from wearing Freddy Krueger clothing no longer happening anymore. People just don't seem to care. <laughs> I don't know why this happened, and I don't know why it happened so long. And uh, I'm going to say that every time it happens because it makes no sense. Uh, Alexa's still out there with her. I mean, she's still being scarehousing. I get that part of it. Uh, I don't get the rest. So, uh, it, opener, this is the first near third of the show, and uh, it's a good match, of course. Uh, Grand Amplitude, Gable pins Wesley Blake. Uh, this match got off to a hot start, and then it was just good old tag team wrestling. Gable playing face in peril, as one would uh, assume, makes the hot tag. Jordan destroys everybody with uh, with belly-to-bellies and um, double-underhook suplexes um, and tags Gable in for the finish on Wesley Blake. So American Alpha, if not officially the number one contenders, are more or less the number one contenders, Tom. Yeah, the, the Freddy Krueger thing, you said last week it's like the kid who doesn't want to take off his Halloween costume, and you're absolutely right. And in a wrestling context, it I mean, again, this was not... Halloween adjacent. I'm pretty sure we looked at it on the calendar, and this was more or less the Thanksgiving taping when Alexa introduced the the gear. I'm I'm guessing Alexa made it herself. That's that's my guess here. It looks homemade, and maybe she and Buddy like sat down and did it together. Uh, but it's like, oh, I, I WrestleMania is coming up, so I'm gonna have this special gear for WrestleMania. And then sometimes you might see the person wear it one more time on the next Monday Night Raw to really milk the gear. But they're still wearing this stuff. Every single time we've seen them since, they're wearing it. It's really strange. Um, this I feel like we've said this about so many episodes lately. This entire episode of NXT felt so inconsequential to me that... I, I'm still very, very, very behind on my sleep after last week's craziness. And if you want to know what I was up to, go to speedwayvideo.org. I might fall asleep in the middle of this recording, but you won't notice because I barely have anything to say. All I've got on this match is that Jordan's hot tag was really good because he did these release suplexes where it basically looked like he was just standing there and... Buddy and the other guy were feeding him, and he just hurled him, and it looked so great. Uh, and that's it. I mean, yeah, I agree. It was a good match, but it doesn't stand out from any of the other matches that they're having right now. Uh, this is the week Wesley Blake officially became the other guy. <laughs> the other guy, yes. Now, I, I'll admit, when I, I remembered he got pinned. But I did have to look at my paper to remember his name. I took a bunch of notes. Like, I have a bunch of lines of notes. But at the end of the show, I was like, why? It doesn't seem like a lot happened. I just have a lot of lines of business uh, here. Um, okay, so that match was clipped. We had a clip, uh, a commercial for Mania and another one for the Edge and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness. I remember they pushed it. I didn't remember they pushed it so hard. But uh, in the days of... In the days of the network, uh, they they actually promoted stuff that they were making. Um, imagine. So, yeah, last week, in that comparison of the kid who won't uh, take off the costume, I used Captain America. This was not a coincidence. Uh, a friend of mine had a son who did dress for Captain America for a week afterwards. He was like six. So, you know, whatever. But Did it um, have the fake muscles. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Oh, because because like I'm not a huge Captain America fan, but I think the emblem is cool. Like I I've owned Captain America shirts before just because the shield with the star in it I think looks cool. But the fake muscles, I can't do that. Yeah, I uh, that seems like it would be a little hot. But I grew up in the time of stupid plastic masks that um, jabbed <laughs> into your face, so. Plastic muscles seem like like an upgrade. Um, you know what doesn't make sense to me? And I think this is only in traditionally girls' costumes where 
and I, I feel like I still see it now. Maybe maybe it's gone by the wayside, but I feel like it's still a thing where, like, let's just say you want to dress as Elsa. Then there's an emblem of the character on the dress. It's like, well, Elsa doesn't have a self-portrait <laughs> in her cleavage. Like, what what is this? Like, I want to feel like yeah. I'm the character, not something that I pulled off of a shelf. Right. And yeah, that that definitely happens. Um, a lot of the princess things have a picture of the princess on it. And like for me, being like the whimsical dork I am, the idea of me going out there wearing a shirt with my own face on it is hilarious. <laughs> well, yes, yes, I agree with yes. <laughs> um, they'd be like, who's on your shirt? And then they look at me like, why? And I'm like, come on, man. You can't tell why this is funny. I can't explain it to you. Um, and it's, that's, that's the, that's the thing I said on Facebook when I saw a guy driving a Corvette in front of me and his, his vanity plate was my vet. And I'm like, yeah, we see it, man. Hmm. Like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to promote it. It's on the thing that it is. That's like getting a tattoo of your own name on your chest. Oh, okay. Um, which also hilarious, of course. Um, that would be funny. <laughs> Last week, there was a weird finish. So we talk about the weird finish in that singles match between Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn. They are really dragging it out. But in fairness, they're dragging it out so they can get all these awesome sound bites we've had from Finn Balor in the meantime. Um, <laughs> promoting the match with a plum. Uh, the, the one we get coming up later is the tag on the end of the episode is just, oh, boy. Yeah, he, you know, they, they, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in two weeks, we're getting a two out of three falls match between Sammy and Joe. That is announced. But next week, we've got a new talent signing. And for a second, I was like, who is this? But I think I got to know who this is, Tom. I... <sighs> I mean, the fact that Regal said that they will be here, and the person I think we're thinking of, yeah, because the person we're thinking of shows up on the screen first. Mm -hmm. Um, So the only other person I'm thinking of is Andrade, but it might be too early in the calendar for that. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's... Yeah. Or is it Bobby Roode? Oh, God, I didn't even think of Bobby Roode. I guess it's not too far from his time either. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I remember the person on the screen. I remember what they say. Yeah. And I remember feeling some kind of way because. Um, <laughs> yes, and you and you knew who he was first. I, I did. did not, and the first impression was just aces. Yep. Oh boy, um, Elias Sampson. Let's let's do a video. Uh, it told us so much more about him, Tom. Um, he plays the guitar and he sings. In both cases. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what we need is what he is, Tom. My sympathies to those tasked with finding highlights in Elias matches, but at least we have that now. So it's the same Elias black and white footage with him kind of doing those things, but it's intercut with, oh, he's doing an elbow drop, uh, also in black and white. So it's... If they've got to do this, it's the next right step, I guess. And and another bit of love for the editor. They did it along with the key, the um, the uh, the chords he was playing. So it actually like it was kind of synced up nice. Um, nice. That's, that's a must uh, for me when I'm editing. I I can't. I I have to have rhythmic editing. Yep. And it drives me crazy when when it's not it yeah when it's not like that easy to find the rhythm on this song in fairness <laughs> because it's literally just uh four four time signature and it goes nowhere um so whatever i Sweet. realized that became a recognizable signature of mine when uh i i i am the opposite of a lady gaga fan but happened to have on the uh music video to her hold my hand song from the new top gun movie and my partner was watching it with me. I think that's probably why we had it on. And she goes, oh, man, you must be loving the editing to this because it's all right on beat. And I'm like, oh, how did you know? 
Uh, I have not seen the new Top Gun movie, but the idea that Lady Gaga does a song called Hold My Hand on the new Top Gun movie is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like an AI came up with it. Yeah. Okay. Apollo Crews versus Christopher Gerard. Uh, he's Oni Lorcan now. Or he was. He's not anymore. Um, but yeah, this is when he started happening. Did he happen? I don't know. Uh, it, Nate loves... Nate loves Oni Lorcan, and when Oni Lorcan comes up, that's what I think of now. I think of Nate's just undying love for him, um, and he's he's a very good wrestler, but they never gave him all that much, and then he gave a whole bunch of money to the Drake Words campaign, and you know, it, it's, you know, whatever. Uh, this was a good match, um, good-ish. I, I really like what Oni did in it. Uh, Apollo did the stuff that Apollo do. Five minutes and nine seconds, he wins with a powerbomb. Not much to say here other than Corey Graves says Christopher Gerard reminds him of Gilberg or Gollum. Mm-hmm. He literally is just like, hey, not sure if anyone noticed, but this guy's ugly as sin. That, that's all it Phillips is. Tom Phillips is like, oh, come on, he's taller than Gilberg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the most backhanded save. That one could come up with him uh, for him, um, but you can't think of Oni Lorcan without the scowl on his face. Like I know that he's got a face at rest, but he doesn't do it. He does the scowl at all times. It's it's his thing. Um, so apparently, when our mothers all said, "Hey, if you do that face, it'll stay that way," uh, it did for old Oni. Oni. Um, mind this for gold, Tom. <laughs> I did I did uh, bump into him in a sports bar once. He was watching a Red Sox game, and he seemed like a, a pleasant bloke then. Uh, maybe the Sox were playing well. But, uh, yeah, n- nice to see Oni pop up. Does he still pop up on the TV now? Because I only watch the YouTube clips. Does he, like, come out to break up fights since he's a producer now? Uh, if he has, I haven't noticed him, and I would notice him. You would, you so... would notice him, or if you didn't, Nate would. So Right, okay. that's true. Uh it's 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 a weird I, we don't need to really get into it but it's a weird time for me having done bonus point last year and focused so much on all of these new recruits that hadn't been on TV yet and now not having cable and just seeing the YouTube clips and every once in a while one of those people pops up with a completely different name and they're not really ready for prime time yet but they're getting a crack at it and I'm just like <laughs> it's it's strange for me watching contemporary NXT clips on YouTube and, and um, I, I, I can't even think of the names because of the whole, you know, I knew them by their actual name last year and now they've got something new that I wasn't properly introduced to. And I'm like, I don't know, Ren somebody, whatever. Um, remember that we were supposed to get a new Apollo Crews this week? Apollo Crews doesn't. But what's the most surprising thing here? It's it's not surprising at all, and we said it at the time, that of course Apollo is not going to do anything new here, even though he said, you're going to get a new Apollo Cruise. I What's really surprising... Had, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, totally. The And I, I agree with you about the match. I liked what Oni did. Apollo did his usual thing. The real surprise here is that commentary isn't even trying to push anything. They're not... Tr- they're, like, there's, there's some... I don't know, like... Oni has a headlock on Apollo. I don't really remember, but something like that. And Apollo fights out of it, and you could have Corey be like, "Oh my gosh, Apollo just won't give up. He's got a new fire in his belly." Or, you know, but there's nothing like that at all. So, I guess it was just a thing Apollo said two weeks ago. Yeah, um, maybe in his mind he did something different, and he went to the back and was like, "Did you all see that? Did you see that?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yes, yeah, it's it good." Uh, like, what do you say? I don't I don't know. Um, we got a uh, recap of women's stuff from two weeks ago. That's all I wrote. Uh, Alex Reyes <laughs> talked to Bailey and Carmella. Um, nobody interrupted them. That was nice. Uh, and they said, and they got their issue. They got tonight's main event against Eva Marie and Nia Jax. And they gave thanks to Asuka for showing up. But Bailey says... But it's clear that Asuka wants this. And she slapped the belt that was, I believe, over her shoulder. Um, so, yeah, she knows she was grateful, but uh, she knows that uh, 
that Asuka's scarousing smile is not a good thing, Tom. I confess that I did not watch last week. Uh, your your podcast was completely sufficient on filling me in as to what happened, although I was tempted to go back and watch the Eva Marie promo. Uh, so just throwing that. It was hilarious, Tom. Eva was funny. Naya was laughing. And then Naya out valley girled her, as you said. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm mostly mentioning that here to stretch for time because there's this this whole episode is so straightforward. All I've got on this one is just that Bailey did a really wonderful job with her tone when when addressing the Oscar situation. It sound, her tone was like she was priming herself to eulogize her title reign. Um, really, really nice balance struck by Bailey there. Yeah, and she hasn't always done that, so it's very cool to uh, to see her doing it here. Um, Tom, welcome to the new WWE.com. Uh, this design of the .com has been around for so long, I would have thought it was even older than this. But this is apparently uh, when it happened. Do you remember this happening? I had the same re- reaction as you. I thought it predated this, and I thought it was funny that they said that the website is... There was some sort of adverb in there, some sort of clarifier in there, but they said it's infinite. Oh, yes. Um, earlier today, uh, in the parking lot, naturally, uh, Enzo showed up, and he was attacked by Dash and Dawson. Is he injured? Is that why I don't remember the tag match that they are obviously working toward? I don't know, but I don't know why to do this particular segment unless, A, he's injured, or B... They're going to work an injury, and that's the excuse for Enzo and Cass losing again. Uh, I don't know which it is, but if they have no match, this explains why I don't remember it. Uh, Cass, of course, shows up and runs off Dash and Dawson, and that's it, Tom. It was funny to me that Tom Phillips kept on, like three different times, kept on saying this is, oh, what was the term? Um, Like, unenhanced footage as if as if it's even possible to enhance it um like it doesn't it doesn't work that way except for on csi you can't make fuzzy imagery crisper they made a hilarious Uh, joke about that on the show barry where they a bunch of actors were trying to help solve something and they were like enhance enhance and they're like you you can't do that that's literally just tv there's there's a good one on futurama as well so uh yeah, I mean, it it seemed like just a different flavor of reminding us that this feud is still ongoing. So I'm I'm in favor of it. I'm pretty sure that they're building to the uh, the roadblock match, which we'll probably actually hear in name in the next couple weeks. Here, I think roadblock was spontaneous enough that it was just a house show that they then decided to slap on the network because they could if they wanted to. Uh, that's the one that's main evented by Triple H and Dean Ambrose. Uh, and it's pretty much, I mean, pretty much Enzo and Cass's farewell from NXT, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what they're building to. We'll we'll see. Tommaso Ciampa's out. He's never won, but he's uh, looked good doing it. Uh, Bull Dempsey is his opponent. I thought Bull was gone. Um, I've thought that the last three times I saw him, but he's not. And uh, and he, it, it seems like. The plan isn't even for him to be gone because he's bringing new stuff to the act. He's He tries to get his shirt off, which doesn't look like it'd be difficult, but he can't do it. That's the joke. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's and, clearly holding his head in a position where it gets, like, caught on the back of his neck. Yep. And the referee, and I'd love to tell you I could remember which one it was, but I don't, has to help him. And, uh, and there's a pop when his shirt comes off. Uh, this is all... After so this match is four seventeen, but that's a misnomer because they don't lock up until about two minutes because it's just goofy, goofy bull stuff before that uh, with the shirt and uh, Champa getting annoyed, uh, Champa as everybody is calling him at this point, but Champa uh, getting annoyed with them, um, and then finally trying to lock up and and there's more goofiness from Bull, uh, Champa finally just goes at him and from that point. Bull gets very, very little offense. Uh, Champa decimates him and and beats him. There's nothing after this, but 
we have our first Tommaso Ciampa win, which, if he hadn't gotten pushed, I'd be like, huh. But because he became who he was, I guess this is kind of a watershed moment, huh? Yeah, last time you uh, pointed out the float-over armbar and said, oh, I forgot he was using that as a finish, I thought, well, it's not really a finish. It's just how he ended that particular match. But that's how he does it here. So I guess it is his finish at this point. So you were right. Uh, I thought it was a, a good good for what it was. A very house showy uh, with the you know mocking of the jumping jacks and, and milking the crowd at the beginning and everything. But a good matchup on paper that delivered for what it was because you don't know who's going to win. You don't know who's going to be getting the rub in this. Like who's who's getting put over here. Uh, they're both at very similar places on the card. And I, I feel like. I feel like for most of the match, I thought that Bull was going to end up winning. And I was going to say something like, well, if I really had to rank it, I'd probably say that Champa is above Bull on the uh, on the roster at this point. And then Champa wins. So it's just nice to see the confidence in him reinforced. And um, I did like that for, you know, yes, Bull is adding some new stuff with the with the T-shirt. He's sticking with being announced at 299 and three quarters of a pound. I, I think I think that's very funny. I thought it was funny last time. But this time, after they say and weighing in at 299 and three quarters of a pound, Bull Dempsey, Tom Phillips says, hey, he's holding his weight. Well, which, of course, translates to people who notice. Look, we're doing the exact same joke. Yeah, it's yeah, how how long would it have taken to that for that to get really old? Um, because you can't do that gag forever. But but whatever. Um, you have to like do conversions, like a metric conversion, or you have oh, to come up with different go. ways to, or or like he weighs the same as two and a half barrels of liquor. Yeah, and then have Corey do a conversion and be like, that's the exact same weight. <laughs> uh, like get all annoyed because he does like the calculations over on his end. Okay, some guy talks to Samoa Joe, and uh, Samoa Joe says it's the same thing. I'm, I've come here. I'm jumping through hoops when uh, instead of getting what's rightfully mine. But this two out of three falls match, Sammy will suffer twice as much just to find out what we already know. Um, this was good, and I liked it. Tom, would you believe it? Yeah, good stuff from Joe, as almost always in, in promos. I, I liked that. I, well, at first, I didn't like that he was saying that he is the reason that NXT is hot at the moment. And then I was like, oh, wait, the fact that that got under my skin because it's incorrect it means that it worked. Ooh, the heel pissed me off. And then he says about Regal's decision to put them in a two out of three falls match. It's a shame. It's a shame for Sami Zayn, which is just a fantastic line. We got the WrestleMania Welcome to My House commercial. Welcome to My House is such a good song for WrestleMania. You could probably easily convince me that this guy wrote it in the hopes of being the WrestleMania song and then pitched it to him. Um, I, I can't I, I would not be able to hear this song without thinking of big shots of pomp and circumstance, Tom. Um not and everything. That's what 32 was a lot of pomp and circumstance, and yeah. I, I loved it for that reason. Yeah, not every mania delivers in every way, but it seems like the mania song—they've really done a good job of picking songs that fit mania for kind of a yeah. while. And it, it helps that I'm a fan of the weekend, but I think his like four or five year streak of having a different single as the mania song every year is, has a—it's uh, it, connected nicely. I think it fits well. Rich Brennan talked to Sami Zayn about the match that is coming up, the two out of three falls match. Uh, and Sami says, is, Samoa Joe has to be ready because I've got tunnel vision. Uh, this is this is what I'm here to do, and I'm going to be the first two-time champion in NXT. Uh, notably, no whining here. So, um, so this was a big step up. That's that's exactly it. It's the he didn't sound gung ho, but it's the most gung ho he sounded in a week. So it's an improvement. And I did like that. He pointed out that he has experience in two out of three falls matches. Of course, that is supposed to call to mind his infamous match with Cesaro and the one that he had with the other person at that one time. Yeah, the worst that we can ever say about is him is he delivered it really well. He just shouldn't have delivered it. 
Um, <laughs> that that's like the biggest situation uh, issue. Bailey and Carmilla versus Eva Marie and Nia Jax. Tom, I was all ready to write a bunch of negative stuff, but this match is, you know, it's fine. Um, And it's the kind of match, of course, I dread. But the fact that I didn't remember it suggested to me maybe it's not so bad. (laughs) Um, It's not it's not good. It's it's not great. Uh, But it's for 903 with. A decent sized clip in the middle. WWE Network Collections. Remember those when they were pushing those? Uh, I kind of don't. Um, it's fine. A couple of weird things about the match. When they went to the break, the faces were in control. And then when they came back, the faces were still in control. That is not how the breaks are done. So it kind of threw me. Um, it wasn't all good for Eva because it never is. Uh, when she started getting axe handles from Bailey, she was anticipating them before they landed. So she's like contorting her body before the axe handle gets to her. Pretty bad. Um, but for Eva, par. Uh, Naya interfered so many times in this match. I'm just yelling at Drake Wirtz. It's time to disqualify her. <laughs> like if this doesn't get her disqualified. What is the disqualification rule for? Um, But in the end, Eva Marie pins Carmella in. I actually love this finish. Nia Jax isolates Carmella. Once it was those two in the ring, I was like, oh, the heels definitely do win this. Uh, Nia gives three running leg drops to Carmella. On the third one, Eva Marie makes a blind tag, comes in, does no move. And covers Carmella for the victory. That is what Eva Marie is for. Uh, so nothing bad to say about this finish, Tom. I also loved the finish, and I've got nothing further on this one. It was so straightforward. Always fun when there's a a, a main event, <laughs> and that's as much as we can take from it. Um, William Regal talked to Finn Balor and... Uh, and Alex? What? I, uh, Oh, no, Sammy was interviewed by Brennan. I guess Alex must have been there for this one. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, right, because Regal's not the interviewer. They're just there. And the question is posed, is Finn the greatest uh, NXT champion? And they said he is very, he's knocking at the door to be longest-running NXT champion. Tom, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Because... I was thinking this I was thinking this was a relatively new reign because nothing has happened <laughs> in this reign. Um so I'm a little surprised. Uh he said to celebrate this occasion uh next week you are going to take on the longest reigning champion in this uh in this brand's history. I was thinking it might be Bo, but I forgot that Neville just barely beat Bo uh, for that record after he beat Bo for the championship. So next week it'll be Finn versus Neville and um, Mr. Regal. I look forward to it. That's it. That's what we got, Tom. Oh, man. The funniest thing here was that they were clearly scripted to have an exchange, but either Finn blew his cue or it just was so unnatural that it didn't even compute in his mind that it made sense to be cued in there. I, I should have written it down word for word. Regal says something like, oh, well, there's a lot of talk about how uh, you're about to become the, or like, you may be the greatest NXT champion. Awkward pause. And then Finn has to come in like, oh, well, that's all fine, well, and good, Mr. Regal, but I, I'm not sure where this is going. Kind of like cueing him, but like, Please continue your line so we can move on with the segment. I, I, I don't know where this is going, Mr. Regal. Uh, it was it was so awkward. Um, and I like I I'm not excited about Balor versus Neville. As a matter of fact, oh, man, I almost forgot about this. It's the it's literally the only thing I wrote in my notes now that I glance back at my computer screen here. Regal says that they're going to celebrate by having one of the greatest matches in NXT history. So he's calling it that before it's even happened. That irks the yep. bleep out of me. Bugs me too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. It's the same as when when uh, Michael Cole says here in the in the early part of the match, and I'm like, you don't know if this is the early <laughs> part of the match. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah, I know that you know this match goes 22 minutes, but uh, but what if it didn't, Mike? Um. Oh well, I, I think every one of Finn's babyface promos could be it, it, like he just starts the rambling to the nothing, and he goes, "Wrinkle, I'm just a simple potato farmer." Like every time, he should just say that, and that should be his like it, it should be, "I'm just a I'm just a caveman." That should be all. That should get him out of not having any actual content. Um. Like unfrozen caveman lawyer, who did have more content. Okay, I, I yes, I did recognize the reference, and I couldn't quite place it. Yes, unfrozen caveman. <laughs> yeah, like that's what it plays oh, to. It's like you're anticipating it, but it's still funny when it comes. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's you know that's Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. He's funny all the time. Um, they were just like, well, this isn't very funny. Just put Phil in it. Oh, it is funny, I guess. Uh. Didn't know that I, it was. I I should know this. That feels like a Kevin Nealon sketch. I wonder if it was Nealon. That feels like his kind of humor. That it's just like an objectively brilliant lawyer who then, when he needs an excuse, he's just like, "Oh, but I'm just a simple caveman." <laughs> yeah, I guess you know. I didn't think about who wrote him at that time, which is weird because I write stuff. But um, gosh, I think I'd co-sign that. Not even cautiously. Gonna, that does that does seem like his uh, particular brand of buffoonery. I'm going to do some quick Googling while you tee up the emails. Yes, teeing up the emails, something that I'm uh, always definitely doing at the time when I'm supposed to be doing it. Uh, PWTorchNXT8YB at gmail.com. This first one comes from Brian Austin. Hello, friends. 2016. Happy 32nd birthday, Corey Graves. 2024. Happy 40th birthday, Corey Graves. Number one, good win by American Alpha. Number two, and Alexa Bliss doesn't look happy that Blake and Murphy lost. Yeah, I kind of glossed over that, but she she was pissed. Three, William Regal announces a two of three falls match for Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe. I don't remember who wins. I think I can guess because I know where they're both headed, but I can't say I remember the match. Number four, William Regal announces a new wrestler debuting next week. I don't remember who it is, and I love that I don't remember. Uh, Christopher Gerard. Gerard versus Apollo Crews was a nice, stiff match. I remember Dash and Dawson attacking Enzo Amore in the parking lot in the brawl with Big Cass. You're a better man than I. I did not remember. Tommaso Ciampa submits Bull Dempsey, another death of an NXT original. I like how Eva Marie got the pin on Carmella. That was funny. When Regal said the longest NXT championship would wrestle Finn Balor, I immediately thought the return of Bodell. So, God, he thought it too. However, Adrian Neville's title reign was 26 days longer than Bo. According to future Tom Phillips, Neville's reign was 287 days. Thanks, Brian L. Alston. Um, Brian threw me here because he stopped numbering his list halfway through. Is that what, uh, what I'm... To believe is is the future, Tom. <laughs> yes, we'll be beyond mathematics. Uh, nothing further on the email, although "unfrozen caveman lawyer" was in fact written by Jack Handy. Oh, that seems fitting too. And I don't think of Jack Handy because that's not a face we saw. Um, and I also forget that he was a yeah, well, cor- yes, correct because there are a lot of the writers who weren't cast members still did still appear from time to time. Um, like the the change bank change bank just kills me. Uh, it's just it's 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 you bring us That's a five dollar bill. Yeah, right. Yeah, yes, you yes. Thank, yep. I'm so glad. You oh gosh, it took brilliant. me a second, but I can. It's the writer who says that's what we do, and he's. Man, does he deliver it perfectly. Like, yes. he should and act I, I, a little he's more. He's told the story. Yeah, he's told the story before where it was supposed to be somebody else, and they finally decided, you know what, man, this is actually going to be funniest if you are the one who does it. Uh, and I know that writer's name. I only It's just because the red light is on that it's slipping my mind. But Jack Handy, since he had deep thoughts uh, – deep thoughts, I think is what it was called, right, yep. with, with yep. Jack Handy. Right. Uh, I always just thought it was a made-up person that they, they – so I, I, did too. I forget that yep. that was a real writer on the show. <laughs> 
Harley Vasquez comes at us with this one. I, for one, am sick of seeing William Regal coddle Finn Balor. Any other GM would have just booked the triple threat at this point. Joe and Sammy have both definitively shown that they are deserving of title shots, and Finn claims to be open to taking on all challengers. But Apollo Crews should have also received a title shot weeks ago after getting screwed in his first title match, yet that was decided to be a non-title affair for some reason. More coddling. And if you want to throw some gas on that fire... It sounds like the match with Neville is not for the championship either. Um, Harley continues, over the past three months, Bailey's defended her title three times, Dash and Dawson twice, and Finn only once. Your paper champion, folks. Wow. Harley is riled. This is as angry <laughs> as you can make Harley Vasquez. Um, he's nice even for a Canadian. So, um, so there you go. Anything on his email time? Uh, first of all, Jim Downey, of course, you know, about as embarrassed as I could be that I could not conjure Jim Downey's name. Just incredible comedic mind. Uh, <laughs> and as Conan O'Brien would put it, just one of the greatest voices in comedy until he just decided to stop doing it because uh, <laughs> he pretty much just does interviews these days. But uh, yeah, I'm with Harley. I uh, for the regal announcement of the two out of three falls match. The note that I took verbatim is. Best GM presentation, ellipsis, worst GM decisions slash consistency. Um, there's very rarely any logic or any, uh, you, you can't track William Regal's decision making uh, or his reasoning. Uh, you, you can't connect to the two. He's just scripted to say stuff and it only works because of the gravitas that is William Regal and how he's presented as an authority figure that is authoritative, but doesn't meddle. Um, but yeah. And, and like, we're, we're not, it sounds like we could be talking about the whole undisputed era era and we're not, but it's, it gets even worse than this. I want to talk about the G funk era. Um, do you know when I hear the word era, I always think of the G funk era first. Um, I do now. Every time, folks. Uh, G-Funk, step to this. I dare you. All right. February 24th, 2016. Simpsons talk. Mother Simpson. Hello, friends. The first Simpsons talk. Thanks to Harley Vasquez for the idea. Season 7, Episode 8. Mother Simpson. Chalkboard gag. None. Yeah, that was weird. Couch gag. The Simpsons are set onto the couch like bowling pins. This is my stream of consciousness. Variant bullet points that I like. Homer spent $600 on a dummy to get out of one day of vol volunteering. The Springfield shopper had pictures of the beavers that failed to rescue Homer on the front page. Tombstone Patty and Selma bought. Homer J. Simpson, we are richer for having lost him. Mona and Lisa sigh the same way. Uh, Bart goes through Mona's purse and finds several fake ID cards. Joe Namath versus Johnny Unitas. Marge to Mona, so where did your newfound sense of irresponsibility take you? Mr. Burns, their flower power is no match for my glower power. I think of that line all the time myself. The antibiotic bomb curing student security guard Wiggum of asthma. Okay, my friend Todd does that all the time. Um, acne remains, but asthma disappearing um, all the time. He says this all the time. I love it. Uh, Kenny Brocklestein, remember to tip your mail carrier, Dragnet, from the ride of the Valkyries to Waterloo. An anonymous tipster. Yak, yak, yak. Doe. Uh, oh, doe. Sorry. Special guest voices, Glenn Close and Harry Morgan. And my favorite part, YouTube link below. I haven't followed this YouTube link. I assume it is Homer sitting on the car as... Um, oh, it's, it looks like it's the APB. Uh, is it? Okay, let's, um... We know you bought the tombstone. We know the future now you can hear it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, the APB, when he's reading the the tombstone upside down. Um, so I'm surprised he didn't mention the moment of uh, Homer sitting out on his car after he has to leave his mother again and, uh, and then sits there throughout the night. Um, that is the moment that I think would stick with most folks. Uh, I always... So, I've seen this many times. Probably wouldn't have wa uh, needed to watch it again, but I'm glad I did. Uh, I decided, even though I really wanted to watch more Simpsons after I watched this yesterday, this was all after the brewing mishap. Oh, actually, this might have been during the brewing, so I was still in a good mood. 
Um, and then I wanted to watch more Simpsons, but I knew it was dangerous because I'd forget which episode was a uh, witch um, with some of the gags. So, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, season seven, um, Conan O'Brien's still there. Uh, he's there three through seven, I think. And he's, you know, he's just, he's a really, really funny guy. So, uh, so you got him. It's, uh, it's an affecting episode. A lot of season seven is after some of the bonkers stuff that five and six do, which I love, but they're bonkers. Um, and so this is, this is a little more grounded. Uh, I too love, I, if I, at the store, I work at a card shop, folks. If I'm selling a Johnny Unitas card, I always say, now there's a haircut you could set your watch to. Especially, he he wore long hair for a while, which is really weird to see uh, in retrospect. But he did the buzz cut for quite a while. So when I show people buzz cut Johnny Unitas cards, I always say, there's um, there's a haircut you, you could set your watch to, like Abe Simpson does. And the guys who are my age always get it. And if they're much older, um, much younger folks aren't looking for Johnny Unitas cards in general. Um, there are some vintage collectors who are young folks, but they are the exception. Um, but the older ones don't get this either. Uh, I love that moment, and I had forgotten that it was Mona seeing Joe Namath's hair flapping in the wind, his... Uh, his sideburns. I also love the line Abe says, look at those sideburns. He looks like a girl. <laughs> um, I I love that, too. And she is, of course, she realizes at that moment she wants to leave Abe because uh, he's a loser. Um, I forgot. I don't know why I forgot this, how I could forget this. But if I had run the episode's beats in my head, I probably would have remembered. I had forgotten that it was Mr. Burns who kind of ruins this. And this is... Like, Homer not being able to see his mom because of Mr. Burns seems like grounds for a bigger reaction from Homer. Now, I know that every episode kind of lives in its own world, but this seems like a bridge too far uh, for Homer, even though he is very complacent in having a job that he hates, and uh, and that's the show. So I get it. Uh, this is a very strong episode. It's not one that I think about as far as Endless laughs, but there were more laughs than I thought there would be. I think of Muddy Mae Suggins a lot, too, as one of her um, one of her aliases. Uh, the other ones are so banal, they don't stick, but Muddy Mae Suggins, I always think about. Um, and, yeah, this is... This is a good, heartfelt story that manages to still be really funny. Um, we will get questions about way, way funnier episodes, but there aren't that many episodes that are truly out and out better than this um, front to back. So there you go. I have seen this episode probably 30 to 50 times, but thank you for giving me a reason to watch it again, because I, it's probably been about five years. Tom? I was on the fence as to whether I was going to pull it up again but I'm, I'm glad i did just because in the act of watching it I, I realized that i probably would not have been able to recall much of it at all except for the very very ending homer sitting on the car which i also sort of when the simpsons and then futurama would go on to they the, these graining shows they have a habit seems diminishing but the, there is there are several a good handful of episodes that have these emotional sign-offs that really get you um you know the the jurassic bark and um you know the, the, the like you are lisa simpson you know things like that that really stab you at the end and homer sitting on the car like i remember the visual and watching it again i was like eh, i didn't really feel anything for this entire storyline, this kooky, you know, Homer's mom comes back and you don't know if she's a scam artist or if she's actually this radical and then she has to leave again. I didn't feel anything until they wanted me to at the end. And I was like, uh, it's too late. Um, so it's hard. It's 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 nice, but it's hard not to compare it to better. Uh, I, I did the in my notes, I did the Brian thing of just writing down what stood out to me. And we had very little crossover. I didn't even write down the Waterloo moment, but of course it's ABBA, so I liked it. Um, 
and, and I the the only crossover that we really had was that I also wrote down uh, Homer's epitaph reading "We are richer for having lost him," which is hilarious. Um, I liked Homer. I want to say talking to his mother the first time he sees her again, and she's admiring what he looks like now. Uh, he says, "Some people say I look like Dan Aykroyd," because at the time it I I have no idea if this would have been a thing, but at the time it seems like it would have been plausible that the idea of a live action Simpsons movie would have been getting kicked around Hollywood and that Dan Aykroyd might've been <laughs> slated as, as somebody who could play Homer. Um, you know, just in the same way that like John Goodman played Fred Flintstone. Um, so I, I, that, that sort of tickled me. Uh, I liked the mobster saying, I seen her. That is to say, I saw her. <laughs> and then the callback. Oh God. And then they do, then they do the callback. Yeah. Uh, I really liked, again, it's that, that rapid fire Simpsons humor where like you blink and you miss it. You literally, you blink and you miss this one. Bart puts on a tie dye shirt and starts doing a bunch of sixties things. And he very briefly does a Nixon impression where he, he, uh, lowers his jaw, throws his fingers in the air and says four more years. (laughs) I'm just like, what? Only on the Simpsons. Do you get that? Um, I liked Grandpa when they get raided at the end. Grandpa freaks out and goes, I admit it, I am the Lindbergh baby. Uh, and then the, my my favorite of the whole episode was when... <laughs> yeah, this is definitely my favorite of the whole episode. Homer Simpson says, do I know what rhetorical <laughs> Oh, you can write that for Dan Castellaneta and you know that it's going to... Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. So that's that's all I got with no specific questions on the episode. Um, I did not mind revisiting it, but it's certainly not a favorite. Uh, some really good laughs in there, though. Yeah, it's not a favorite for me either. It's not one of the ones that I would have named. Um, I like that it's sweet, but it's I mean, it does suffer for the fact that we, we his mother has never even hinted before this. They I've listened to the, the commentary of this. I almost listened to it again, but I didn't. But I know that something they say is. They all started talking about doing an episode about the mother, and they said, we have to have mentioned her at some point. And they hadn't. Like, seven years of content, six and a half years of content, they had no mention of his mother. No name, no no idea what had happened to her. Like, not even every time they had talked about Abe, they never talked about this mother. I think that they thought, okay, we just assume she's dead, but... um. Yeah, it, she just, she wasn't even mentioned, and they were all stunned. They're like, we've got a blank slate. We can do whatever we want. So, very strange that you could get that far into a show and have the lead actor's mother, like, have no idea. No idea what had happened to her. So, strange stuff there. Um, There you go. Um, Yeah, give me more episodes to watch, or uh, or ask me about movies. I'm easy. Uh, I'm Kelly Wells. You can find me on social media at Spooky Milk or SpookyMilk.GameStop. Damn you, Walt Whitman. (laughs) All right. Leaves the grass in my ass. We'll see you next week.